Hi, Kothra. We're back again. My name is Helena. And my name is Aeneas. And you're listening to Courtyard Radio. Hey. Hey. You're listening to Courtyard Radio. So, Aeneas, today our conversation is about the election that just recently passed. But it's still kind of ongoing, I guess. Yeah, we actually don't know what's going on yet. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying that Biden won. People claim that Biden won, but like we don't actually know yet because, you know, there's still like the legal processes going on with like Trump and stuff like that in court. So we actually don't know who won yet. But either way, we're going to be talking about it because that is the topic of this moment. You know, everyone's talking about the elections right now. So we decided that we are also going to be talking about this with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the other thing about not knowing the result is that there's a lot of claims being made about the false ballots or like people throwing away the ballots and everything Mm -hmm. and all that so i feel like that's another thing that i don't really know about i don't know how they're going to solve that like do they have to like recount every single ballot after they've like pretty much made a whole celebration for biden yeah well it's just the media that's celebrating for biden i guess like um you know people who are not like actively following the story might think like that he's definitively like the president but um I did see that they were recounting a few states, I believe. Um, And then, like, I guess they're just going to have to do, like, that court process with, like, Trump and Biden. Like, I don't know how that's going to roll out. But, I mean, I think it's pretty much determined that Biden has already won. But I feel like he was in such a lead. Like, I feel like it was a little bit of a not I wouldn't want to say a landslide vote. But I feel like Biden definitely held vast majority over Trump in the end. And I don't know if just maybe even if it was one state that miscounted or did something with the ballots, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like that still wouldn't make as much of a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he has to try to find a way to actually make the case that what he's saying makes sense. Um, so we're going to see that in, I don't know, the coming days, the coming weeks, I have no idea how long it's going to take. But yeah, so we're going to talk about these elections. And we also have a guest today, and her name is Louisa. So we're going to be inviting her on to see what she has to say about this topic. So Louisa, how's it going? I am doing really, really well. Um, My day's been great, and I'm super excited to be on here. I'm honored. Awesome. Awesome. So before we get into the actual topic, we're just going to be doing a little bit of two truths and a lie. So we're just going to do that first, you know, and have a little fun and, you know, get into it, get into the groove before we actually get into the conversation that a lot of people are talking about right now. And it's a bit controversial, but yes, (laughs) let us start our two truths and a lie. So Louisa, would you go ahead? And then after we're going to do ours too. Yeah, don't worry. All right, here I go. So um, my first one is I wasn't born in Canada. Second was I have a pet cat. And my third was I played piano for seven years. Hmm. Okay, so I know that Louisa has Romanian roots. So, but I don't know if she was <laughs> born outside of Canada or if she actually was born here, but just has like Romanian family. Yeah. I feel like the piano for seven years 
sometimes I feel like people throw in a number to throw me off. You know what I mean? Like it could be six years. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's nothing like that. It's either true or false. Like, no, I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> okay. So, Kat? You think that one's the lie? Uh, no, I'm just I'm just reiterating your answers to two <laughs> truths and a lie just to, like, look at your reactions. <laughs> Some sort of body signal. Like a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is your final answer? <laughs> I'm trying to think if you're like a cat person. I'm a dog person though, so I'm like, is she a cat person? Like, I, I can't tell. I'm going with the cat. I think Anise is going with the cat. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going with the piano for seven years. Maybe you're trying to throw me off. <laughs> Don't worry, I wasn't. I actually wasn't born in Canada. I was born in Romania and I moved here when I was four. Um, I don't have a cat. Yes. I have a dog and a rabbit, though. So, so you kind of are a dog person. I am a dog person. Oh, crap. And I said <laughs> I could I said I could notice dog people. You know what? That was it, a lie. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. All right. Who's next? I'll go. So. It's on. Let's go. Pick the lie. So I had a pet bird. My grandmother is British. I taught myself French. <laughs> intense, oh. huh? Intense. Wait, wait, wait. Is that past tense for the bird thing? Like you had a bird? Yeah. Okay, so you... Oh. Your grandmother is British, you said? Yep. Yes. <laughs> like, she is British? You gotta give us something, man. I'm not giving anything. I'm not cracking. I'm not breaking. Please. It's not happening today. Oh my gosh. Okay. What's the last one? And I taught myself French. Ooh. I feel like the French thing would be a really impressive, like, feat. So I think yeah. that one's true. I can see you, you're, like, teaching yourself French. You're a very impressive person in the <laughs> Well, thank you. Like, conjugating French <laughs> verbs just at home. Oh my God. <laughs> mm, I could never get those right. Nope. You could, though. Yeah. You are actually fluent apparently oh that's what i'm going with when you say you taught yourself french i'm like if i asked you to do like (laughs) the past tense of french in five sentences (laughs) i'm wondering if you would be able to do it the past tense of what french like what is it the past they compose. Conjugate all the verbs, Aeneas. All of them. Everything. It's like, oh, you know French? Name every French word. Like that kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got it. you, but that, I got you, but that's only assuming that I actually taught myself French, right? Like we don't actually know. <laughs> this is true. Like, I'm not yeah, true. I'm not giving it away, guys. No, no, now you're just throwing us off. If you think so. <laughs> you know what? I think we're doing two pet lies and I'm going with you never had a bird. I'm doing it. No, the thing I is, think I still have, have a bird. The, the... I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say you still have a bird. Yeah, like you <laughs> didn't. You didn't have it in the past. You have it now. Okay. Yeah. So you think that I had a pet bird is the lie? Yes. Yeah. Are you guys yes. going with that officially? Well, now you're making me nervous. I'm just making sure, like before I say anything. <laughs> and... Oh no. Um. Yeah. I'll I'll stick with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm I'm taking my chances. 
Okay, so that's the final answer. You guys are incorrect. No! <laughs> oh gosh. My grandmother is not British. Oh. Yeah. oh. Yeah. I thought you were like I thought you were going to be like this whole story of your British grandmother and I was like really <laughs> expecting like a storyline with that and I mean my grandmother actually is foreign like both of my grandmothers actually like my grandmother is like on my mom's side she's Jamaican and then my other grandmother on my dad's side is like Guyanese oh. so like okay. but it's just not British not British you guys are... <laughs> oh man so, so and now I'm like I'm not I haven't even gotten one point we were so confident in that bird one, though. <laughs> it's okay. Aeneas, we got this one. Yeah, we got it. All right, let's go. Here I go. All right. One, I vomited once by smelling a year-old pickle jar. Two, I got stitches on my forehead by running into a screw. Three, I almost passed out when I choked on a saltwater taffy. Jesus. Those are very detailed. <laughs> I really threw in the descriptive imagery there, just you know, make the scene vivid for all of you. <laughs> I feel like the first one has to be correct. Okay, I'm going for the middle one. I'm going for the middle one. The screw? It's not the ta- I don't think it's the taffy, and I don't think it's the pickle because like those have like the biggest amounts of detail, and. The screw one has the least amount of detail, so I feel like that would be the one that you yeah. come up with, like, just to, I don't know, as the lie. I was going to go for the third one as the lie, but, like, hearing Aeneas explain it, I've changed my mind. Okay, is that your final answer? You guys think it's two? Yes. I'm going, yeah, I'm going with that. <laughs> no, I know it's two. You are... Incorrect. Oh my no, god, I knew she was too confident. I knew she was too confident after I said that. I was like, okay, no. Oh. She has a little bit of an attitude. Um, <laughs> Which one is it? It's the first one. Really? I oh, wow. did not I did not vomit once by smelling a year-old pickle jar. I vomited because I smelt a year-old egg jar. And it was oh my an Easter egg god. paint jar. And oh. my friend's little sister was like, here, smell this. And I <laughs> vomited like no. everywhere and she felt so bad um but yeah i did oh, no. run into a screw when i was two it's a little bit of a rhyme uh but yeah now i have a scar like on my forehead and then i almost passed out when i choked on a saltwater taffy okay so pretty much i was at my friend's house and she was like oh do you want a saltwater taffy like they were kind of just like you know when you put candy in your room for decoration or you put like just for like a little flare in your room so she put saltwater taffies and i was like oh my gosh can i have one and she was like yeah sure and she was like Uh turned around so she couldn't see me eating it and i started choking so violently that like i couldn't speak or anything and i was like slamming the floor just like trying to get her attention and she didn't realize and so like i like couldn't breathe so i was like oh my gosh i need to like get this out of my throat but i was so Weak because I was so out of air from choking on this saltwater taffy that I started crawling to the hallway. And then she turned around and she was like, Oh my gosh, are you choking? Like, and I was like, I can't respond. And her dad was coming up the stairs and I threw up in the hallway in front of him on the saltwater taffy. I'm dead. <laughs> that, yeah, that was, one was a like, roller coaster. Oh, yes. Yeah, she Story literally. Story and a half. 
yeah, I was like dying and she didn't notice at all until the very last moment. Oh my god. I mean, we're so thankful you're still here with us today. Yes, yes. Uh, (laughs) That must have been really traumatic. I know, I never, like, I don't think I've had saltwater taffy since. Like, I I think I went, like, on vacation in the Caribbean, and they had, like, saltwater taffies, and they had all these, like, really cool flavors, and I was like, no, I cannot have them. (laughs) PTSD. Yeah, literally. She's like, no, I'm not doing flashbacks. I guess I'm going to choke again. Like, no, we're not doing that. No, literally. I was like, I'm not doing that ever again. Now we are going to be actually getting into the conversation. I think I'm going to give it to you, Naeus. What do you kind of want to start with here? Okay, so I was wondering, Louisa, you know, since we're talking about elections here, you know, I think the obvious question is, what side would you support? Okay, so um, (laughs) my agenda is um, far more left-leaning than what is represented in the American elections. So I'm far more left the Democratic Party, but I'm still going to support the Democratic Party. Um, I think it's important to vote based on tactics rather than principle. And I think through the Democratic Party, I can really have like my voice heard by supporting them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how most people feel about it as well. People that are like me. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, especially during this U.S. election, there were a lot more people, well, a lot more states in general, who leaned towards the Democratic Party and that a lot of the U.S. population didn't think would actually turn blue. Like, I remember, like, everybody, especially on social media, was posting about Texas and Florida and how it was, like, red, blue, red, blue, red, blue, red, blue. And then, you know, states which they didn't even think would turn blue did. Like, I think, was it Michigan? And Wisconsin? Yeah, Michigan and Mm -hmm. Wisconsin. Arizona. That was crazy. Nevada, the whole shebang. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Honestly, I'm not complaining, though. I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah, because you're Democrat. So you're like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go. So like that essentially means that you'd go for Biden. So I mean, the thing is that, I mean, as, as I was saying earlier, like at the beginning with Helen and I, um, a lot of people are saying that Biden won. But the truth is that it actually hasn't been determined yet because like Trump is going with, oh my God. he's in court right now accusing Eesh. that, you know, the ballots have been like stolen or whatever. Like there have been, I don't know, something like that. But oh essentially God. that means that everything is going to be <laughs> delayed. So we don't know what's going to happen. Do you think that that's going to like affect anything? Like, do you think that Trump is like could actually come back from that? Actually, no, I don't think it'll have any effect on literally anything Because, okay, first of all, Inauguration Day is, like, in January. Like, on the 20th. Like, that's in a while. So, either way, there's still that, you know, window of opportunity. Mm -hmm. But Supreme Court isn't going to take him seriously. They've already shut down most cases that he's tried to take to Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of his supporters are, like, saying that, oh, it's voter fraud. That's why there are so many Democratic mail-in ballots. Because the majority of uh, mail-in ballots were actually Democratic votes for Biden. So, Mm -hmm. that's why he got, you know, such a lead. And Donald Trump was actually um, criticizing mail-in ballots and telling people to not vote in mail-in ballots because, um, you know, it's fraud and they're not going to be counted anyways. And it's a big scam. So his supporters listened to him and they didn't vote through mail. So they all voted in person. So that's why, you know, when all of the mail-in ballots started, you know, coming in, 
they were mostly Biden votes. It's mm-hmm. actually really interesting if you look at the populations and like the disparities and the differences between who voted for Trump versus who voted for Biden. If you look at the um, map and how it turned out, the majority of um, districts that went to Biden were highly populated, very urban cities, very urban areas. And that is because you have representation. You have, you know, um, people of color, you have immigrants, you have LGBT folk, you know, all of these different people. The more representation you have in an area, the more people are going to want to see that, you mm-hmm. know, being yeah. implemented into the government. And that's what Biden advocates for. He is a president to all the American people, not just his supporters, but to American, like, um, Republican supporters as well. And I think that's yeah. very important to take into account. That was a really cool concept that you brought up. I'm not going to speak in general about all of Trump's speeches, but from the speeches that I've watched in particular, he addresses majority the white population, right? And so for very marginalized groups, what does that really translate to? It translates that if he's elected, then their voices won't be heard. And it's almost that whole debate of, well, it's not a debate for me at least, but it was a debate in America really about Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. And how like literally everybody supporting Black Lives Matter was like, it's not that all lives don't matter. It's just that right now you need to recognize what's going on in America and the injustice that's being served to the Black community rather than everybody in general. Because if you're looking at everybody in general, you're not going to see those specific cases of injustice. And that's what's happened throughout history in the justice system. You don't get cases brought to light unless they are, say, portrayed on me- in the media, right? That's how yeah. a lot of cases get justice, really. Exactly. Um, media representation is actually really important because we live in a day and age where that's, like, you know, really valued. That's where people get most of their information. You know, people aren't always going to be there to witness something, and they have to trust the media. That's, how, that's mm-hmm. the world we live in right now. And it's weird because, like, you know, you'll have... Um, these news channels but then they have their own bias as well like fox news or even cnn they have bias as well and we have to call them out on it because they're twisting the words of so many individuals that want to make their voices heard and without you know that bias then we can really have that um i guess that say in like so many issues that we normally wouldn't hear so it's 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 on both sides you know you can't just say like oh fox news is bad it's also cnn that's doing this And even Mm -hmm. though, you know, that's normally um, a news channel that someone like me would support, it's still not okay. Yeah. This is something that I have been saying for the longest while. Like a lot of people are, you know, focusing their energy on one particular news source and one particular perspective. Like even right now in English class, I'm, uh, you know, my course surrounds the idea of perspectives and how it's important in like in that case for English, but like even just as humans, like I I feel like we always want to focus on the perspective that best suits us. And in the case of like politics, you know, people just, if they're left-wing, they watch left-wing news. If they're right-wing, they watch right-wing news. And I think that affects the way people vote. People vote many times based on what is shown in the media instead of, you know, actually understanding both sides um, of this whole thing. And that way you could actually vote in a fair manner. So I think that's like a problem that should definitely be rooted out for sure. Exactly. That's a good point that you both brought up about how people who lean 
left will often watch um, left-leaning media channels or whatever, but the right will watch right-leaning media channels. And there's often no middle ground. And I think that's especially why, you know, it's often characterized in media, left versus right. And why that always begs the question, why does it have to be that way? Why does it have to be almost two sides to a coin Mm -hmm. when we could just have all facts? And that's the thing. Bias is so evident in media that you become accustomed to it. And every time you read, you don't recognize that there's bias almost. It's like a habitual pattern. And I think that we live in like a day and age where bias has almost become normalized. So essentially, media greatly influences the general narrative. And it's like, if that's the case, then how do we really know who our politicians are? Like, we don't really know who they are because it's like, maybe they're just hiding behind the media. Maybe they're just doing certain things that they know the general audience would like so that they could sway the audience towards their direction. Yeah. And then behind the scenes, they're a completely different person. You know, let, let, okay, let's say hypothetically. Um, I'm not saying this is the case, but let's say hypothetically, people hate Trump, but they love Biden, Right. Trump, we know that Trump is a person that says what's on his mind, and sometimes it doesn't come off very nicely. Um, you know, some a lot of the things that he says are, you know, racist remarks and, you know, just very ugly things, um, especially on his Twitter account. But, like, we know who he is. Like, we know what to expect. But what if Biden, you know, we get this, you know, this nice guy image, and he seems to be the president that everybody seems to want, you know, what if behind the scenes, he isn't really who he portrays himself to be? What if he's just using the media as a mask? So my question is, you know, is it better to be blatant? Is it better if we could see the ugliness coming? Or is it better to hide your face behind the media? Which is really better? Well, and that's the thing. I think even if you look outside of U.S. politics and you look at uh, Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau, who has quite the media favor, I would say. But then also he has certain underlying projects going on, such as the pipeline running through indigenous land. And you don't hear that side of him portrayed in media. You know, you hear all about how good his personality is and how good of a leader he is. And you don't actually see some of his policies being enacted and how those policies negatively affect People in Canada, such as the Indigenous community, if you look throughout history, the Indigenous community has been discriminated against. And even recently, there was the inquiry into missing and murdered Indigenous women in Canada. But you didn't hear a lot about that in media. You heard about how Trudeau is reaching out to families and Trudeau is doing this, right? And you don't you mm-hmm. don't see a lot about the actual victims affected by tragedies. You know, you don't see the groups of people who are affected by the actions of the government. You see the government portrayed in a softer light and how they are human Mm -hmm. too. And yes, everybody is human, but that is all the more reason why we should each be held accountable equally in front of law as humans. And I think to discount or discredit actions of politicians who seem to have better personalities is absolutely unjust. It just lets them get away with things that are equally or even considerably more awful, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, um, I think it's, you know, because I definitely won't advocate for um, the government like, you know, a lot of people have on the media, you know, as you said, and as you mentioned. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm going to say it, controversial hot take time. Uh, <laughs> I consider myself a philosophical anarchist. So that means like the anarchy part is, you know, questioning authority and yeah. saying and asking the questions like, is this are they really like ready to handle millions of people and represent all of them? Is this something that we really, mm -hmm. really need? Shouldn't we have like a board of people making decisions instead of one person? That's the questions that we need to be asking, not trying to defend what we already have, but how we can change it for the better in the future. We always have to yes. be thinking about the future and who we can help, how many people we can help and how we can, I guess, increase that number of people that are benefiting from the government instead of keeping it to the small number and small percentage of elites. It's ensuring that all voices are heard. Exactly. Exactly. That's the whole, you know, point. And a lot of people will try to um, make it seem as though this is a bad thing, like calling yourself an anarchist, like, oh, no, you know, you're, I guess, raised to believe that it's a bad thing inherently. But when you really do the research, because that, again, you know, media, media will tell you like crazy things. But once you really do the research and take into account, you know, that people believe this for a reason and people actually like there are schools of thought, there are theorists that have written about this, you know, and these people are all working, you know, towards the quality of life being improved for all the citizens and how to find the best society that helps everybody, you know, of course, mm -hmm one person, like one prime minister, one queen, one president is never going to do anything yes. to help that. Never. Because they have the say in every single department. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you only have, because if you really think about it, if in Canada, say, especially, um, I feel like the most known parties are uh, liberal, conservative, green, NDP, right? And if you look at that, how often, say a liberal candidate is chosen, right? How do their environmental policies differ from the Green Party? And if, say, the liberal candidate, say for like, I don't know, 50 years, I'm doing a wild example, but say for 50 years, this liberal party is in charge of the entire government system then you have policies that go unattended and perspectives that go unchanged well through a very long timeline yeah and you don't get those perspectives from the conservative party the green party the ndb party and you just always have that one perspective that one you know mindset that one set of policies that always seem to kind of revolve around the same concepts that the liberal party carries and so I think that's the thing when we look at candidacy and how often, you know, it's especially I feel like in both Canada and the U.S., I would say for U.S., Democratic versus Republican, Canada is often liberal versus conservative, right? And those are the main parties that are often seen elected and you never really look at the other policies of other parties. And I feel like that is why... We are so behind as a society because we refuse to acknowledge that there should not be one person 
centrally making decisions which govern for an entire nation. Exactly. So this, you know, if you take this a step further, you can ask, you know, what about the British government? Like, do we, like a family? Like, really? Like, they're the ones... Oh my goodness. Like a really rich family living in a castle? That's who you're going to trust with your taxes? That's who you're going to trust with your healthcare plan? It's impossible Mm. to know exactly what the true intentions of these people are because they're not... First of all, they're never going to be professionals in every single department, ever. You know? Yeah. You're kind of riding on just like, is this person going to be okay, I guess, in everything? No, you need to excel at everything because people are being affected by everything. You know, some people might live in an area where education isn't as well funded. So if you have, you know... um, a conservative government, let's say, who cares more about the economy, are they really going to care about your personal education? That's the, you know, that's the problem. I feel like instead of um, choosing one party to run the entirety of, like, Canada, and then, you know, having seats and, like, everything, you know, instead it should be separate, I guess, groups of people, like boards, where you get to elect professionals that know what they're talking about that know what's best for that issue and then they'll all come together and then make decisions based on who it's going to positively affect you know you can't say like oh you know i want to um get rid of universal health care because um right now we need to be investing in the oil industry sure that's great for people working in the oil industry but what about you know people that really need health care yeah, like you sure. need to elect somebody or elect a multitudinous amount of people that have their interest in different areas, you know, not just in one or not just in whatever their political party normally affiliates with. It has to be, you know, all together, just like mushed into one big soup. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that this connects to uh, like what we were talking about earlier, the idea of like perspectives and how perspectives uh, impact the way that people view things. And I think that the problem um, that we're having right now, like the, pro- the problem that Louisa just mentioned is a-, a result of the fact that, you know, people are always going to have different perspectives because, you know, people are, are raised in different ways. People are, are, are you know, they find their- themselves in different environments throughout their lives. And so it's really difficult to really agree on a lot of things. Um, and so that's why you find, you know, somebody saying that, you know, we should focus on this instead of this, because maybe that person grew up, you know, with a closer connection to the policy that they want to focus on or something like that. Like I'm getting into specifics, but like really and truly, it's just the idea of having all of these different perspectives is what has caused us to be so divided um in in politics but and that's exactly why we should like work together i think there's a lot of there's a lot of division man like there's too much division and like we don't we often think of it as like a battle um instead of you know people coming together and working together to actually figure out what's best for everyone and i think that's what we should do yeah um an interesting thing is that this is how a lot of people will vote you know that's how a lot of people voted in the american elections So, you know, a lot of people will be concerned about Biden's tax plan to tax people making $400,000 a year more, right? And Mm -hmm. the people that are concerned about this voted for Trump. But those people aren't being affected by, you know, um, they're usually not trans people that can't be in the army anymore. 
They're usually not immigrants that, you know, can't get into the U.S. They're usually not people being detained at the border. These are people that already have their privileges set straight and set in stone in so many different aspects. Like, it's crazy how these are the people that are going to be representing us, people with one interest and one interest only. And so that kind of, this is a concept that I've really been thinking about for the past while that's kind of connected to what you just said. And it's kind of this idea of equality versus economy. And how do you really think that concept of economy versus equality affects perspective within politics? Because I feel like personally, what I took from the election was that Biden's um, policies really correlated to equality versus Trump's, which kind of were set on the path of improving the economy. Yeah. So especially with the hit of, um, you know, COVID-19, the whole ordeal, um, people haven't been going to work. And Trump's response to this was, oh, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Open the businesses, open the economy, keep the market flowing, you know, but that is putting so many people in danger. They don't care. That's the problem. Because they think that they're like, you know, as long as they're okay, then everybody's okay. But it's not that, you know, people don't always have the same living conditions. And I think that, you know, Trump's administration was really trying to, I guess, undermine and like suppress that problem and focus on, oh, what's better for the economy? You know, like, it's not always better for... (laughs) Your impression is so good. (laughs) Thank you. I work really hard on it. (laughs) I practice it every morning in the mirror. Always trying to get it right. But yeah, he's trying to work for the people that don't have that problem. And he doesn't address it either. Yeah, for sure. So essentially, we see a group of people who, you know, I think that, you know, inherently humans seem to be like very selfish. They seem to be focusing on the things that benefit them. Um, And uh, we need to learn to be more open and and think about others as well. Um, But yeah, like I heard the fact that you guys were talking about how, you know, this goes on in both, uh, you know, America and Canada and all parts of the world and stuff like that. Um, And so that raises the question probably for our audience, you know, Aeneas, Helena, Louisa, you know, (laughs) you guys are 17 year old teenagers in Canada talking about the American elections and things like that. So it's like, why are you doing that? Like, how does it affect you? Why is it important to you as Canadians? So like, Louisa, what do you think about that? Like, how does it affect Canadians? Yeah, so especially, you know, because um, you mentioned, you know, we're only 17, which is true. But I think it's very important <laughs> as a younger generation, even if you don't live in um, the specific country that you're interested in, it's really important to recognize the faults of other countries and the faults of other political systems because you are the future of your country, right? And in the end, you're going to be making the decisions in the long run, which are going to affect the people that you live around like, and you're surrounded with today, the people that are your age. So if, you know, if you take into account the fact that like, you know, America isn't doing too hot right now and there's a complete divide, you can pinpoint the issue and you could say, okay, I know this as a Canadian doesn't affect me, but at least I know how to avoid that problem in my own society if I'm going to be the mm-hmm. one in charge or if, I'm, or, or if it comes down to it and I'm the one making decisions. And you could take note of that. And you could say, like, you can ask yourself, okay, what policy really didn't work for the majority of the American population? And how can we avoid mm-hmm. that here? 
how can we make sure that we don't end up in the same problem in the same like hole you know especially with corona because since it's such a new thing you know people didn't really know what to do people weren't taking it seriously and i feel like as younger people you know we can finally look at these issues and really like analyze them and make sure we understand them before they're being implicated or they might not be into our own society in the future and well the other thing that i think of is literally if we think about who the main trading partner with canada is it's the u.s like all our negotiations (laughs) and all our deals and all our like policies are directly affected with who is elected because if you think about say who trudeau is going to have to negotiate say he like for example (laughs) imagine there was like a bridge being built across the world or you know like something random like that and say like it was the u.s and canada having to negotiate this deal when you look at candidates for the u.s who would have to negotiate you're looking at trump who has a very nationalistic approach to how he negotiates he does what is best for america and yes that is great it is great too like of course every country wants to be the best for themselves but at the same time mm-hmm. how would those negotiations affect canada imagine say that the us just decided to go to war with another country right how would that mm-hmm. affect canada right we are also in very close locational proximity so i think a mm-hmm. lot of the election does directly affect canada because these are leaders which are going to be uh, speaking closely. So I think it is important um, that we do realize how as Canadians, we also have to be educated on US politics because even though we not may be able to vote in the US, everything comes back to us. It's almost like a butterfly effect or a ripple effect, if you will. Yeah. So guys, um, I think that this was a very uh, educational podcast. You know, we had this whole conversation about, you know, politics, perspectives, you know, politics in the United States, politics in Canada. And, you know, I think it's important for us to have these conversations. And I think it was, a, I think it was a pretty good one. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, you know, this is going to be, this is a, this was a long podcast, a long conversation, but it was, it was awesome. Yeah. No, I think um, like I just learned so much, not only from this conversation, but just by listening to perspective and really coming, trying to come at least, I probably had some bias, but trying to come off from an unbiased perspective where we just look at everything on a global landscape and seeing not just specific problems with America, but problems with the world as a whole. What do we value um, as humans? Like what concepts do we value really? What do we construct our societies upon? And so exactly. it was such a good conversation to be able to talk about that in a political mm-hmm. stance, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we definitely addressed that today. Yeah. Podcast, so. <laughs> Thank you, Louisa, yes. for joining us. This is awesome. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.